Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here. This is the Neighborhood Watch. On today's show, will Big 12 schools coaches be targeted by Michigan State now that it looks like Mel Tucker is going to be fired there? We discussed that and more. Make sure you all subscribe to the channel. This is Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. We are the best place for five-plus days a week of Big 12 content. We've got best bets. We have got picks. We have got reaction shows every Sunday. We have got shows every Monday through Friday about conference realignment, about the Big 12's place in the world, about specific Big 12 teams, all of that and much more. Also some big game times to get to as well today. Uh, so make sure you guys, once again, subscribe to the channel. Find us at NWPod365, at Josh Neighbors underscore on Twitter. Also, you guys can still jump in on our CBS Sports Pick'em. The best way to do that is... All you have to do is go to cbssports.com in the pick'em category, the play category. There's a college pick'em. Look up neighborhood watch. The password is just watch. You guys can play for free. Top three winners at the end of the year. We'll get some uh, neighborhood watch merch. So that is exciting that we have that to give out. And then make sure you guys find us wherever you get your podcast as well. But the most important thing is please, please, please subscribe to the channel. All right. So, this conversation topic is one that we eventually were going to get to at some point in time. And I'm not talking about Mel Tucker being fired, but if you all uh, have not noticed, it's not gone yet. You all do not know the story. Mel Tucker is in some hot water. I encourage you all to go read. I think it's the Detroit Free Press the story on this. It's also connected with USA Today. Some extensive reporting about the Title IX uh, issues that, that Mel Tucker is having at a school, Michigan State, that has had some issues as well in the past. And uh, the Larry Nasser situation is what I'm referring to. But this is basically Mel Tucker had a relationship with a speaker who came in uh, and, you know, did some acts over the cell phone that he perceived to be consensual. The other person did not. Um, but I'll tell you guys this, you know, there's there is he said, she said, I guess, elements to this. But anytime you have to go to a, your employer and admit that you were having a relationship outside of your marriage, uh, but you perceived it to be consensual, 
uh, you're already at a disadvantage because of that, right? That is not a good place to be, especially when you are a football coach, especially when you're a football coach talking about somebody who is preaching about sexual assault and sexual violence, who's going to team to team talking about this kind of stuff. And you, you know, have eventually have gone off and had a relationship with them. It's not a really good look uh, outside of your marriage. So this fight is going to be protracted. It's fought out. Mel Tucker wants his money, obviously. The school is not going to want to pay Mel Tucker his money. I believe he is owed upwards of $70 million at this point on his contract. But that gets us to this next part where it is Michigan State has an interim coach, Harlan Barnett. And look, no disrespect to him. I mean, if they do great this year, he's going to have an opportunity to win that job. Uh, and I hope the Michigan State players are behind him. I hope the fans are behind him because this is an unfortunate situation. And we have seen now it's tougher to do in football. We have seen it happen in football. We have seen it in basketball. We saw it with the Texas Longhorns getting their man in Chris Beard. And it turns out their man, you know, in the end was Rodney Terry, who was the interim. But the team did so darn well. They had to keep him as the head coach. They were went further than any other Big 12 team in the NCAA tournament this year. So it is possible for that to happen. It is possible that interim coach to have success and get the job. But if that does not happen, then where will Michigan State go? And the reason why this is important to watch and look for is because of this. The reason why we've covered and talked about conference realignment to such a crazy extent is that the Big 12, the ACC, and then you know the defunct Pac-12 are in a position where there is a gap to the Big Ten of the SEC, and especially the Big Ten. The SEC, I think, is going to have a smaller distance to the gap, and also they have a very large um, recruiting operation and, and advantage of where they are. But you pair the money plus their advantage in those locations, then the SEC is in a great spot. You look at the money situation for the Big Ten, and they might not be positioned in the South, but they are in places like Ohio and Pennsylvania, and now they're going to get the West Coast connection as well. So, they do have some fertile recruiting ground, the DMV in the case of Maryland, right? But their footprint's about to expand. But money-wise, they're going to be in a fantastic situation. You know, it's going to be a billion dollars a year for those schools, and they're going to distribute around 70 to $80 million per school per year. Not to mention the fact that those schools have large, wealthy alumni bases too. Um, I think the most, I guess at this point in time, like the most recognizable Oh, the most recognizable alum, I think, from Michigan State would, in my opinion, at least, is Magic Johnson. And we know that he is very well off. But Matt Ishbia, the owner of the Suns, is a Michigan State guy, right? We know that, too. Uh, and, and so these, you know, we know Michigan's got a lot of really wealthy donors as well. These schools are well positioned when it comes to the green. When it comes to their finances, they're in a very good spot. And so that is the challenge that these big 12 schools face is that money wise, you know, you're trying to be the number three conference, but when these big 10 schools come along, not only are you trying to catch them on the field when they come along offering your coaches, you're in a difficult spot because think about it like this guys, Kansas state is an excellent program. Kansas state's football program was great under Bill Snyder and Chris Kleiman looks like he is going to pick up and has in some ways already picked up right where Bill Snyder left off. And he won a Big 12 championship there, even though there were some questions about climate and roster retention. He built a fantastic roster. He was able to win a Big 12 championship. 
and looks like he might be on his way to at least another Big 12 uh, you know, uh, championship game appearance and maybe even another Big 12 title back-to-back seasons, right? Uh, at least another really successful season in the eyes of K-State fans because of what they've got this year. And he looks like a really good coach. And they've made a serious financial commitment to Chris Kleiman, right? That is something that they've already done at Kansas State. So you're, you're happy that Kansas State has been able uh, you know, to, to do that and make that commitment. But the problem is, is when other schools come around and they start asking, they're going to be able to offer a ton of money and not just, you know, like, I mean, not just like, you know, kind of on pace with you, like a lot more money. Right. And it's not just going to be Michigan and Ohio state and Penn state and Wisconsin. I mean, Indiana is flush with cash. Purdue is flush with cash. Illinois is flush with cash. All of these schools now have insane amounts of money and heck even Northwestern's a difficult job, but it's still a big 10 job. And Pat Fitzgerald showed what's possible there. And it's not like the school is short on funds. So these schools, the big 10 schools are going to present significant challenges because guess what guys, the big 12, not sure if you knew this, save a couple exceptions. They've got some seriously good coaches. Right. I mean, I think we got, you know, I think Neil Brown's actually a decent coach, but like he's having a tough time. And Daniel Holgerson definitely had his day. But those two guys were in the hot seat. But you look around this league and there are a lot of really good coaches everywhere you look. And I think Michigan State is going to look squarely at the Big 12 conference. I think they're going to look squarely at guys like Chris Kleiman, at guys like Lance Leipold and at guys like Matt Campbell. I think they're going to do that. And you might say, well, you know, those guys just got extensions, but they're they're in a good spot. Okay, but guys, if you go to the highest, the twenty-five highest-paid coaches, this one's from February tenth, twenty twenty-three, and I don't think anybody got a massive extension since then. If they have, you all can correct me. But if you all look at the uh, the highest-paid coaches, you'll see Nick Saban is at number one of eleven point seven. Dabo Sweeney at two is 11.5. Kirby's 11.3. Um, Lincoln Riley's, they don't know because he is at a private school. Brian Kelly, number six, guys, Mel Tucker. There are only five more institutions in the entire country that are paying their coaches more. Ryan Day is actually tied at 9.5. That goes to show you Ohio State and Michigan State are paying their coach the same amount of money. All right. That is wild and crazy. And especially if Michigan State can get off the hook for this, if they are off the hook for this money, they're still going to have it there. They'll still be able to, to make a hire. And I think they're going to want to make it obviously a big one, you know, and uh, because the Mel Tucker thing, like they look kind of decent this year, but things aren't going fantastic for them. And he put together that one team really well, a lot of portal players, but you always wonder about the portal approach to things. How easy is that to recreate? Well, enter Kansas and Kansas State and Iowa State. Those are three coaches that we fancy as program builders, as guys who can build that thing from the ground up. And they can bring in players in the portal, yes, too. But they're actually pretty good at taking rosters that are already there and doing the best they can with them, then adding guys on the best way possible, looking for guys who are fits. And if you look at the Big Ten, once again, I mentioned to you the highest paid conference in the country if you look at like the schools in the big 10 conference and you kind of break it up by, uh, you know, by like the school numbers, which jobs are better 
uh, or worse than than that one. Illinois, I do not think is a better job. Indiana is not a better job. Iowa, uh, Kirk Ferentz has maybe made it there, so you could argue Iowa could be a better job just because the style and whatnot, like it's pretty recreatable, right? Maryland is not a better job than Michigan State. Michigan is a better job. Uh, Minnesota, you know, I would say it's probably somewhere around the same area, but you think you'd make an argument Michigan State is better. Um, Nebraska, right? A lot of a lot of excellence there at Nebraska in the past, though. Not a lot of modern excellence at Nebraska. Uh, Northwestern, not a better job. Ohio State, better job. Penn State, better job. Purdue, not a better job. Rutgers, not a better job. Wisconsin, better job, right? So it's actually somewhere in like the top half of the league. I mean, we, we, we can all agree that Rutgers, Purdue, Northwestern, uh, let's see, Maryland, Indiana, and Illinois, like that's six or seven jobs that are pretty clearly, I think, just not as good of jobs. And the rest of them, you know, you could you could make an argument about. Now, I know that new schools are coming in and you could say, hey, Washington is a better job. Oregon's a better job. Actually, I don't know financially the gap, there's a gap there. It's like they are branding better jobs. But I mean, Michigan State has been to a playoff like they do have that ability. Uh, Michigan State has made it as far just as far as a Washington has right making that CFP. Both those two schools, I believe Michigan State, they lose to Clemson or Alabama. I forget. I think it was Clemson. Orange Bowl? Am I wrong? Uh, I forgot, but they lost first round, you know, regardless. So this is a job that you could argue is a top half of the current Big Ten and middle of the Big Ten for the next next place. But still, they're paying top 10 money for their coach right now. And so that is the problem is that, look, like these schools not just have this kind of money for you, but they've got it for your assistance. They have got it for their facilities. They have got it for, uh, you know, recruiting experiences as well. All of these, you know, number of assistant coaches, right? The army of polos that we talk about the University of Georgia having. All of these things, these schools can help afford. And they've got donors as well to help you afford them. Now, I'm not saying Michigan State football is like, you know, cream of the crop or whatever. But once again, they're paying a coach top 10 money. So why wouldn't they do it again? And I don't think they'd have to right off the bat. Uh, maybe they would, but like, I don't, you know, I think um, you don't have to pay a coach top 10 money. Now, once he does something well there, yeah, you might have to. Uh, and that's why, once again, all these schools keep bidding against themselves. Like who else is going to pay Mel Tucker as much money as they paid Mel Tucker? I don't think anybody was. I think ADs and, and these folks need to start getting a little bit smarter. But if it's funny money and we all have it, why not just spend it? But the Big 12 is going to have to find a way to stave off these guys and Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold and Matt Campbell have all been well taken care of. And they have all been given everything that they've asked for at the institutions, at least it sounds like they have, at the institutions at which they currently coach. But still, there is a lot more security in a Big Ten job because who will be defining playoff access? Well, I think it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten, right? Who will be defining, uh, you know, like once again, like how many teams will make it into that CFP? What the future of college football is? You know, college basketball, the Big 12 is going to have a seat at this table. But the Big 10 and the SEC make you worry about the future of college football. And the Big 10 is going to be there. And I think Michigan State is going to be there. And I'm not sure if these conferences will start kicking out schools. But, like, what if things don't work out at Purdue for uh, my guy Ryan Walters, right? They got a big win this week, but they dropped the first game against Fresno State. What if things don't work out there? Indiana cans Tom Allen. Like these, these schools still have a significant amount of money to go and throw at somebody, right? You know, if Indiana's like, all right, what if we want to try and get as serious as possible about football? 
And look at what Lance Leipold as is doing at basically a different version of Indiana, right? What is Indiana? It is a state school that has a focus on basketball, but football is also there. Lance Leipold has built up enthusiasm. He has built up literally a new stadium. He's building up a program right now. What if Indiana says, we'll give you $8.5 million a year to come coach here? What if they said that to him? I mean, that is not – I forget what he's making now. If you look at um, Lance Leipold uh, contract, let's see. So annual salary of $5 million. on the Yes, yeah, yeah. So the contract is an annual of $5 million right now. Where does that put Lance Leipold? He is not even top 25, right? Uh, Mike Norvell at 5.335 is in the top 25 right now. $5 million is a significant and wonderful, wonderful contract and a fantastic contribution from KU to their football program, right? But how are we going to start beating out schools that are like six, seven, eight, off the, off the rip, right? Right from the beginning, that is what they're going to offer some of these coaches because they care so much. And they'll take care of the buy, you know, some boosters will take care of some buyouts as well. Cause I know these schools have some, have some buyouts, but if I'm them, how would you not be calling Chris Kleiman? How would you not be calling Lance Leipold? How would you not be calling Matt Campbell? Now here's the thing. You look at the, all three of those guys coaching records and their histories. None of them have actually coached, at least to my knowledge, when I just looked, in the state of Michigan, but Matt Campbell has been in the state of Ohio. We know that Kleiman and uh, Leipold have also been in that Midwestern region, that area. So they're very familiar with those parts, with that recruiting, with that environment. It makes a lot of sense that they would go after guys like that. And if you think about like the best coaches available, all right, so think about like coaches within their own league. Is there anybody in the Big Ten? that Michigan State would target and say, want to bring this guy in? Bielma? No. I mean, uh, Mike Loxley? I don't think so. You know, um, P.J. Fleck? Like, maybe, but I don't, I don't think P.J.'s pretty locked in there. And Minnesota gave him a pretty big contract, right? Matt Rule? Doubt it. Uh, you know, James Franklin's not going anywhere. Ryan Day's not going anywhere. Ryan Walters? Like, maybe, but I don't think Ryan Walters is going to keep changing jobs, right? Luke Fickle was a big one, but Wisconsin's a great job to have. And so I don't think Luke Fickle is going anywhere for the time being, right? So they're not going with those coaches, and I don't think there's an SEC coach that's going to take that job, at least in my opinion. There is not an SEC coach, right? If they went to Eli Drinkowitz and said, come on over here, I mean, maybe he takes it if things sour there, but I don't think that's somebody they're going to be reaching out to, right? Uh, are they taking a Hugh Freeze? Are they taking a uh, you know Mark Stoops maybe? like I mean, maybe they target Mark Stoops. I actually don't think it's a bad idea. Uh, but there's, but you're seeing here that we're not coming up with a ton of names that make a lot of sense for them to target. And so then you'd have to go down the line to other leagues. And then you go to the Pac-12, which is now being defunct, obviously. So it's going different places. Maybe they targeted Deion Sanders, but I think everybody will be hot on Deion Sanders' trail, depending on, see, let's see how that season goes. But I think Colorado is keen on keeping him and will make whatever commitments they have to make to keep Deion Sanders, or at least keep him for as long as humanly possible there. And so you have to think about that, right? Think about the, the financial commitments that they would make, try and keep him. I, I don't think any of the, I don't think Kenny Dillingham is going to leave. I don't think, I mean, Kyle Weddingham is going to end his career at Utah. It feels like at this point in time, Jonathan Smith, maybe, right? Uh, I think maybe you can make an argument you know, to target him, but I don't know if he's got a great connection with the area. You're seeing here, like 
the best candidates are probably in the Big 12 conference, right? And Mark Stoops has been brought up for a million jobs, but never actually, it never actually materializes. You can go G5 too, but I think folks are kind of going less and less the G5 route and see if they can pick from the power five or then power four ranks, if you will. And so I think the Big 12 has plenty of candidates, at least those big three, right? Matt Campbell, and you could argue too, like with that scandal and whatnot, I know people have cooled off on Matt Campbell, but is it like Matt Campbell's doing a significantly worse job of coaching on a play-to-play basis? Like, is that what's happening, you know, or like on a team? I mean, like a team performances have been worse, yes, but it is still Iowa State. It's still a difficult place to win. And so I think getting these coaches from these Midwestern places uh, that have had some experience in your neck of the woods might be the right spot. And also you think too about, okay, what jobs in these ranks, in these, you know, the top two, the big two conferences ranks are going to be open this year? Uh, Sam Pittman in Arkansas, it could be open, but I think, you know, it's a difficult schedule for them. We'll see what happens there. Hugh Freeze is going to be Auburn's coach. Billy Napier in Florida could come to an end. So Florida is one of those that we might see come open. Hold on that. Georgia, no. Kentucky, no. LSU, no. Ole Miss, I don't think so. Mississippi State and Zach Arnett, you have to watch that one. I don't think he's going to get canned, but you have to watch that one. Missouri, people are watching. I don't think that's going to happen, though. South Carolina and Shane Beamer, no. Josh Heupel, no. A&M, potentially. We'll have to see how far that thing goes. So there's some SEC jobs that could become open, but the money, I mean, the Jimbo Fisher money is, is crazy. But I feel like Michigan State and Texas A&M are not necessarily competing for the same kind of coach, right? Uh, you just think placement-wise, just not like a – a natural fight. And then the big 10 too, I'm not seeing a ton of jobs besides Northwestern that I think are going to become open here in the near future. Um, so, or, you know, this season, at least we're talking about this season, Indiana would be the other one. So there are not a ton of jobs that are going to become open. This is one of those major spots. And especially for those coaches who are based in the Midwest, who have had some experience in that area. I think that I think Michigan state should target them. I hope the big 12 schools retain them, but I can tell you, I think Michigan State's going to make some calls to those folks. And once again, I hope all those Big 12 schools can retain their coaches. All right, let's get to some game times. So and let's look at, uh, it's not this week's schedule, but next week's schedule uh, for the Big 12 Conference. And this week is not a great week in general for college football, but I'll tell you what, that week number four is a fantastic, fantastic week. And we just got word, or yesterday we got word, that the uh, Oklahoma game against Cincinnati is going to be a, a big noon kickoff, right? So we've gotten word with that, and we're going to have big noon kickoff there, which is a massive opportunity, obviously. Cincinnati gets that big win against Pitt, and now they are in some business. But we get the Iron Skillet at 11 a.m. on FS1, 2.30 on ESPN, a nice fun spot there. We have uh, BYU in Kansas, 2.30 on uh, ESPN Plus, West Virginia, Texas Tech. That feels like a pretty big game uh, for both schools. Sam Houston at Houston at 6 o'clock. Baylor hosts Texas, kind of a, a, a you know last stand of sorts maybe this year for the Baylor Bears. And then Kansas State hosts UCF, 7 o'clock on FS1. That Baylor and Kansas game is on ABC. So a big, uh, a big moment there. So you get the night game ABC and you get the big Fox, a big noon kickoff game between Oklahoma and Cincinnati. And we also saw some big 12 games do some really good ratings this week as well, which was great to see. 
All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you all leave some comments. Make sure you guys like the videos, subscribe to the channel, find us wherever you get your comment, uh, your podcast rather, and uh, we'll see you folks tomorrow.